Welcome to the MOD Report. Hey, hey, welcome to the MOD Report. This is the show where we talk all things HR and the crazy things we go through in the hospitality industry. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Giffen. And today, I first rant about bad bosses in the restaurant industry and why we love to hate them. And then, we'll be joined by Giovanni Prada, a corporate director of digital marketing for a hospitality group, where we discuss robots in the industry and how they may take your jobs. Lastly, we'll dive into the final segment of the MOD report. I don't want to give too much away, but it entails search warrants, police officers, and the manager being woken up at 2 a.m. And now, the rant. It's so easy in our culture to glorify horrible bosses. We may not think we do. I mean, after all, so many of our TV and movie comedies draw their dark or slapstick humor from the plight of the oppressed worker. Don't believe me? Think about the show The Office or Superstore. Go outside the box with The Sopranos. I mean, those characters are literally born into terrifying work roles. And Breaking Bad? I mean, in Breaking Bad, Jesse finds himself working for a surprisingly horrible boss as once mild-mannered teacher, Walter White, snarls and snaps at his former student. Consider even shows like Friends and Seinfeld, which aren't workplace comedies, but which benefit from side stories set at the characters' workplaces. In each of those, we're on the side of the worker, When we side with the bosses, it's because in those moments, we see them as workers too, under the heel of their own boss or society's pressures. But without the antagonists, the bosses whose bad behavior pushes the other characters' buttons and makes their lives miserable, we would have no shows, no twist in any episode. The movies, Horrible Bosses and Horrible Bosses 2, are named what they are for a reason. And in the hospitality industry, we have perhaps the most well-known bad boss of all, Gordon Ramsay. A real-life restaurant owner, head chef, and television show creator and star, Ramsay, or who plays up his alter ego as one, the epitome of the meanest, foulest-tongue, disrespectful boss we love to watch. Ramsey is, of course, hardly the only hospitality leader to seemingly glorify a bullying leadership style. A British chef, Marco Pierre White, has worked with Ramsey on American TV shows. In fact, in 2019, Marco said that men can take the pressure of the kitchen better than any woman because, quote, they are not as emotional and they don't take things personally, end quote. Neil Rankin, owner of London Steakhouses and Barbecues, responded in part with, quote, The only real difference between men and women in the kitchen is that men don't have to put up with the nauseating, baseless, antiquated BS every day, end quote. 
Asma Khan, another London restaurateur, said that even when Chef White listed positives of females, quote, he displays his staggering, almost medieval gender bias, end quote. Practically speaking, this can easily translate to loss of workers. In a 2018 survey, over half of its respondents, about 54 percent, said they stay in their jobs because they are loyal to their team, their bosses, and their company. But the other 32% or so would quit for the reason on the other side of that proverbial coin. They would leave because of bad management. At a rate of 34%, females are more likely than males at 25% to leave their jobs because of inaccurate management. Manage your people by caring for them, respecting them, and helping them grow in their professional careers. And that, my friends, is today's rant. As the MOD report kicks off its inaugural interview, I thought Giovanni Prada, a corporate director of digital marketing for a hospitality group, and get this, my husband of over six years would be the best choice to not only be our first interviewee, but to discuss the topic of robots coming to the hospitality industry. Gio, welcome to the MOD report and my bedroom as we record this podcast. <laughs> Thanks for being our first guest on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is exciting. I think uh, maybe one day we're going to look back at this and, and either laugh or or I don't know what else. This is great. Thank you. Yeah. So the first question um, is interesting because I look at today's political climate and you often hear about immigrants crossing the border and taking over jobs in the United States. Perhaps immigrants aren't the issue, but robots in the advancement of technology are. So I'm curious on your thoughts about robots and technology overtaking the workforce, mainly in the hotel and restaurant segments of hospitality. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny because I, I think I look back and uh, I think about when I first started in in hospitality industry and how simple things were. Right. I mean, it was the the, the launch of the OTAs. Those were, were big and growing. You know, Expedia was coming on board. Um, and, and now we look now and it's, it's really about the Internet of Things, right? It's, uh, it's robots and Ubers and uh, apps and everything's about making things a lot easier. Um, you know, you think even, even Amazon is exploring this with, with drones and, and delivery. So, you know, I think uh, where, where the hospitality industry sits with this, um, it's really about uh, making things a lot easier for our guests. So if you look at hotel chains like MGM uh, in, in Las Vegas, for example, you can check in at the front desk without um, even seeing a person. You can check in on an app. Uh, you know, there's even, it makes me think of the Aloft in Cupertino, who's using robots to deliver room service uh, to rooms. And, and, and they launched Butler, uh, I believe a couple of years ago. So it's really about making things a lot more convenient uh, for not just the hotel industry as a whole, uh, but for the guests as well. You know, I think we also had to look at this uh, realistically because of rising costs and human capital. 
payroll is going up significantly for all the hotels and it makes sense for the hotel industry to take a look at this uh, very closely and ensure that uh, if there's some cost savings in this, uh, we really need to kind of explore it. So, you know, I think in the future, uh, we're gonna see uh, this impacting kind of just the, the industry in different levels. Um, you know, I, I believe uh, shuttles, for example, those, those uh, hotels who provide shuttles for all of our guests, that's gonna be a no-brainer. That's gonna be driverless cars. Uh, I believe we're gonna see some of those um, easier tasks like vacuuming the lobbies and vacuuming rooms. Those are gonna be robots in the future. Um, so kind of replacing um, some of that, that payroll that exists out there. Um, and, and it's really about uh, exploring this on all levels and making sure uh, that uh, we, we are keeping on track of, of, of rising costs um, and, and staying on top of the technology as it comes in. So interestingly, you mentioned the, the rise of payroll costs, the, the labor force in general with employee benefits on the constant increase. Um, so I wanna focus on that for a moment. With, with human capital and payroll costs and all of these things increasing in our industry, what is that to say about the, the professional jobs that are out there? I mean, should we be scared about becoming unemployed in the next 10, 15, 20 plus years? That's a great question. And I, and I think it goes back to not being scared. You know, the technology uh, and, and the way guests behave uh, are gonna change. You know, if you think 10 years back, things have changed drastically. Airbnb didn't even exist back then. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting into a very share uh, society where, where we're open to new ideas. So it's not about being afraid of these, it's, it's being able to adapt to things that are changing. Uh, you know, and, 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 and from my point of view, uh, from a marketing point of view, we're really focusing on how we can make the guest experience a lot easier. Uh, you know, they, there was a statistic uh, that came out in 2015 uh, from Expedia that says, guests look at 38 different websites before making a booking decision. 38 different websites. And I'm assuming by, by these days, uh, it's gone up because people start on their desktop and they go to their mobile phone. Uh, they're really uh, looking at hotel sites from all different levels. Uh, so we, we really need to focus on being able to kind of anticipate all of the guest needs and adapting to that, utilizing technology. So I, I don't think the, the staff needs to be afraid. I think they need to lean in to the changes and the opportunities that are coming uh, and, and welcome them with open arms. So for your average housekeeper who might spend about 25 to 30 minutes on average cleaning a guest room in a select service hotel, could she one day perhaps use a Roomba to vacuum the guest room to offset some of that time and that labor cost, allowing me, the owner or the general manager, to cut out a housekeeper off of my payroll? The Roomba is cleaning the room or vacuuming the guest room while she's in the bathroom, uh, cleaning the bathroom. Yeah, I, why not? Why not? I think we need to look at this very closely and understand what efficiencies we can find and and implement them if it makes sense for the organization and and let me take a step back because you know i, I don't think this applies to all levels you know there's there's a level of service uh, in the upper upscale and the luxury segments that it doesn't necessarily make sense you know the, the guest expectation is to have a very close emotional connection with the staff and with the community and the environment that they're in 
So maybe select service and, and limited service experiences, we're, we're gonna see a lot more efficiencies, uh, which we're, we're seeing that already with, with combinations in, in the AC Marriott's where you see bar and, and lobby kind of intertwined and, and coming together. But I think when we're looking at the upscale and the luxury segments, that's not gonna go away. Great, so in your line of work, in the digital marketing world, you look into consumer behavior and their purchasing habits. How do you view artificial intelligence and its advancement and how that plays a role in predicting consumers' buying habits? And for you, is your job safe? If artificial intelligence is taking over and we have algorithms that are going to uh, predict consumer behavior based off of internet uh, usage and behavior, what about your role? Yeah. What are your thoughts there? That's a great question. And, and you know, I, I look back at, at what, uh, you know, I had a great experience with uh, a general manager. I was a reservations manager uh, at kind of the, the start of my career. Um, and it was when TripAdvisor launched. And I had a conversation with that general manager at the time. And I, I warned him. I said, hey, we, we, this, this new emerging platform is, is out there. TripAdvisor guests are sharing their experience. People are looking at this. We need to recognize it. And the funny part is the general manager dismissed me out of his office and he told me to go back to school because I, he didn't, I didn't know what I was talking about. Right. So, you know, I think it's important for for us to be able to acknowledge that things are going to continue to change uh, and being able to adapt to those individual things and, and lean into the, those changes. Um, and, you know, and from from my perspective now, um, you know, I think it's important for for us as as marketers to understand that we're really focusing on making sure that we're at the right place at the right time with the right message. Um, and making things a lot easier for our guests to be able to to deliver on, on the promise of hospitality. Um, and and that goes into being able to uh, set those triggers uh, and the information for the artificial intelligence to work for the guest, right? And that's where uh, marketing is really gonna take a, a change in the future for, for hospitality industry. We have to be able to personalize the experience for each of our guests um, and deliver upon what all those different experiences are. Could you give some examples today and how, uh, for our listeners out there who may not be familiar with how artificial intelligence works or, or predictions of consumer behavior with the use of technology and whatnot, can you just give us some ideas and how perhaps your CRM, the reservation system, uh, even social media, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. How do you use that as a marketer to get guests to come to your properties? Absolutely. You know, I, I'm going to take a, a quick step back and just say, you know, it's a very interesting time because the way we use it now uh, may not be the way we use it two years from now. And, and that's because of privacy policy changes, right, in, in, the, in the government. You know, the California Privacy Act goes into place uh, in Jan 1, 2020. 
uh, we're going to really look at that. We have to be more transparent about how we're using that data. So uh, I won't really touch. Uh, that's a whole different podcast. Uh, so we go into that. But I, I'll, I'll mention some things that the way uh, data is being used right now. So I think that's where the most relevant piece is, is, you know, w- when you visit a site or you interact with a hotel at any step of the stage where you're providing any information to them about you. So that's your name, your email address, any identifier uh, that says who you are. Um, There's an ability to then track your behavior along the way. And the hospitality industry isn't the only folks who are doing this. You know, it's it's well known, um, you know, sometimes that you go to uh, a a retailer online and you look at a a pair of uh, shoes and the next thing you know, you see the same pair of shoes everywhere you go uh, uh, on the internet. And that's the same thing that the hospitality industry is doing. We're, we're uh, collecting those identifiers, uh, being able to understand those behaviors, and then personalizing your experience for, for what's important to you. So, you know, I, I like to say, you know, people come to hotels for different reasons. They, some want to have a great time and they want to party and they want to, you know, have a, a more uh, energetic time where some people just want to escape and have a spa experience and relax in the room and, and have room service, which right now sounds amazing to me. But, you know, I think uh, what, what we do with all of that information is, is to be able to deliver those experiences to those guests uh, and prompt all of the, the team members uh, at the properties uh, to what those expectations are uh, so that way we can deliver upon them. So we can ensure that they have a quiet room or that we can ensure that they're aware of the happy hour that's happening. So it's really about personalizing the guest experience um, and utilizing all that data that we're collecting uh, to be able to deliver on, on those uh, promises. Great. So I posed a question to my students at the university uh, in my hotel and lodging management class, um, simply asking them some of these questions that I've been asking you. And, and that is, how do you think the robots are going to overtake the industry? And there were some naive students in the class that said the robots are not going to take over. I mean, people need people. And there's just no way that the robots are, you know, are going to come. And I'm like, well, the robots are actually already here. You know, you, you look at Wally the Robot. For those listeners out there, if you don't know who Wally the Robot is. That's a great movie. You, you can, yeah. The, the, well, after the movie, there's actually Wally the Robot that the Spring Hill Suites Marriott over in El Segundo was a pilot test where it is this robot that you're familiar with that delivers guest towels, food straight to the room. This robot actually goes to the elevator and finds its way to your guest room and you receive a text message saying that your towels and your room service have arrived, you open the door and there's Wally. And Wally the robot will deliver you your goods. So the, the fact that that technology is already there, we have a Roomba cleaning up our living room right now, <laughs> right? And it's, and it's taking care of that for us. What do you say to the naysayers out there that believe that in fact, their job is not going to be jeopardized 20, 30 years from now when we have self-driving shuttles taking guests to the airport, when we have Wally the Robot delivering food, when we have already at our dining room tables a way to order our food and pay for our bill and never have to see a server. What do you say to those people? 
You know, it's it's funny. Um, I, I had a uh, uh, that very same general manager tell me uh, one time um, that the the, mo the one constant thing in life is change. Um, and it's it's true. It, it holds true to our jobs and it holds true to the world that we live in. And I believe that you either have a choice. You, you choose to either run from the change and try to ignore it, which will eventually catch up to you, or you lean into it and you try to understand and you try to uh, see why the changes are happening um, and see if it, it makes sense for you. So for some people, it, it won't make sense. But to, to be able to, to ignore the change uh, won't get anyone any anywhere. And the funny part is, you know, so many people, um, if you were to ask them 10 years ago or 20 years ago, would you ever step in a car with random strangers, with somebody driving a vehicle that wasn't a, a part of a, a taxi company, they would have said, absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. So I think, no. you know, for, for for us to be naive and to not be open-minded about what the ways uh, guests and, and consumers and technology is changing uh, is really going to uh, work against us if we, if we don't lean in. Yeah, and these same vehicles that are transporting these people, AKA the Ubers and Lyfts of the world, uh, those same drivers are also now delivering food to your doorstep. And soon to be prescriptions, according to Uber's last release. Prescription drugs, yeah. brought to you by Uber and Lyft. Soon to be drones. It's crazy. Well, the robots are coming. The robots are here. The robots are here. Gio, if you can go back in time today and give one piece of advice to your 20-year-old self, what would that be? Oh, that 20-year-old front desk uh, working as a night auditor uh, in a small, a choice hotel outside of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, you know, I, I would say um, never stop learning. Uh, I think that's that's one of the, the most critical things uh, that, I, that I've uh, picked up along the way. Um, I, I listen to podcasts like, like this podcast here uh, about uh, marketing in general and, and hospitality and the way it's changing, uh, as well as, you know, just read articles, read white papers, read how things uh, are changing and, and what studies and technologies uh, and behaviors are, are coming up because uh, that's, that's not only going to help you in your career, but it's going to help you personally. It'll, it'll help you grow and it'll actually help you find your passions. Um, and, and if you continue to always learn, you will realize that there's a, a lot of joy uh, in this world to be able to be found. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, you heard it here today, here on the MOD Report. The robots are here, and they're going to continue to be here and only progressively get better and better as we work side by side with these robots in the industry. So I think to recap, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, uh, you never know. I could actually be a robot right now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you, Gio, for joining us today and for being our very first interview on the MOD Report. Much appreciated that you made the long commute over one bedroom over. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you.
It's time for the MOD Report, the segment where we tell you about a crazy experience you've been through at your work location. So back when I was a front office manager, I remember I received a phone call at about two o'clock in the morning. I was asleep and the phone call was coming in from the night auditor who contacted me because there were some police officers standing at the front desk asking him to get into the guest room. So I rolled out of bed and drove down to the hotel to meet with the police officers directly to see what exactly what was going on. Without a search warrant, I wasn't able to provide much help as there was no crime in progress. The police officers indicated that there was a potential prostitute ring occurring at my hotel in a specific guest room and as such, they wanted to get into the room and talk with the guests. But again, without a search warrant, I couldn't release any keys, let alone tell them the room number in which this guest was located in. They understood, later returned that week with a search warrant to get into the room to talk with the guest. But by that time, the guest had already checked out of the hotel. There's a lesson to be learned here. Train your staff on the legalities of guest privacy if you work in the hotel industry. Although I would have preferred to not have been woken up at 2 a.m., the night auditor made the right judgment call in not giving any information out to the police officers, such as the guest room number, or even confirming that the guest was even checked in. So, this issue could have been much, much worse should the hotel have violated common law under the duty of care clause. That's it for today. I want to thank you for listening. Please tell your friends, your frenemies, and your coworkers about us. Subscribe and leave a review. It really does help the MOD report get out to those who need to hear it. I'm Dr. Giffen, and this has been the MOD report. See you next time.